Testament. So, so last episode, I, I know I didn't say there was going to be another episode, but kind of like the Marilyn Monroe episode, once I finished, I realized, you know, I spent almost an hour and 20 minutes in that episode without ever actually talking about any of the conspiracy theories or anything about the Old Testament. So I'm going to actually go here and I'm going to talk about all of that. I'm going to go into the conspiracy theories, some of that, and talk about some other stuff that I've learned about Tesla, giving myself an extra two weeks to do a little bit of more research on. So, I don't know how long this episode's going to be. I'm going to try not to make it about an hour and 20 that it was last time, uh, but we'll see where we end up. Okay, now with Tesla, and a lot of the stuff we're going to go into, having that extra two weeks, really between episodes, to to research a little bit more and look more into Tesla, um, I think some of the stuff I may have even said in the first episode, I'm going to kind of contradict here. Um, one of the big things I ran into quite a bit is there's a lot of things that we attribute to Tesla that really weren't really Tesla. It was more Tesla's inventions, but being used by Westinghouse. Um, pretty much like the War of the Clones. Tesla had very little to do with that. There really was no real beef from anything I could find between Tesla and Edison. It was Westinghouse and Edison. It wasn't Tesla. Westinghouse, he had control of, or ownership of Tesla's um, patents. So, a lot of that stuff that he was trying to do, Westinghouse was the one who had the business sense to do it. Um, There's a lot of things, even like the Chicago uh, World's Fair, that was more Westinghouse than Tesla. Uh, Tesla did help Westinghouse do everything and, and to come up with the final product but it was really, once again, it was Westinghouse. Um, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of those things that people attribute, you know, those, it's it was Westinghouse. The other thing that I really found with Tesla was fascinating, and I know a lot of you really like Tesla and follow me. Part of the reason I'm going to say this, um, he was a brilliant engineer, brilliant in what he could make. But later in life, um, a lot of things he said really make me wonder if he even understood how electricity in a scientific sense worked. Uh, he knew how to do stuff engineering. He had a beautiful engineering mind. But there's a lot of things that he said later that really made me wonder if he actually knew um, the way electricity worked and how it worked in a scientific manner. So those are some things that he really, and, and if you're mad at me for saying that, I apologize, but really research it. Look into some of the stuff that happened later in life. The fact that he did not believe electrons existed. Um, even with Albert Einstein, Theory of relativity made sense. He said that it was wrong, and there was no way it could be correct. Uh, there's a lot of things that he said about some of the science that really makes you question a lot if he understood the science behind all of this stuff. He understood how it worked engineering-wise, how to make motors, how to do all that stuff. He had a brilliant engineering mind, but I, he was not, I think, scientific-minded to the onset that he was as smart scientifically. Like I said, the War of the Currents was more Westinghouse and Edison, um, which is something that I didn't understand. I had always understood that the War of the Currents was Edison versus Tesla. No, it was DC versus AC, where Tesla's motors and his, you know, all of those things he had built, you know, the, the Tesla coils, those were all used by Westinghouse. Um, 
Tulsa did help a little bit, but it was all really a battle between um, Thomas Edison, which really even went Chicago came on. Edison, you know, Chicago World's Fair came on. Edison wasn't even, he had maybe 10% stake in General Electric at that point because he had lost it all um, when they got bought out. So there's a lot um, to that that really researching this tells me so much. And that's one of the things I, I said that you all kind of like all three of us. I had such a belief of how Edison and you know West or Edison and, and Tesla hated each other and had this huge war going on, and then all the evidence and more stuff you can find can besides like the, the the inventions, I don't think they really even cared much about about each other. And you know, Tesla didn't agree with Edison on the DC thing, and they didn't agree on DC and AC coming. That was really it. And Tesla worked for him for a short period and then left. I mean, there's not a whole lot to it. So um, I think people, you know, propaganda made more, a lot more of this than it was. Um, was there a huge battle between, I mean, not really a battle, but, you know, a huge, you know, thing going on between uh, GE, uh, which was Thomas Edison's company after it got bought out by another company, um, and Westinghouse? Yes, there was. There was a huge thing going on with that. But that was because they were the two biggest competitors. I mean, it's, it's like T-Mobile going after Verizon. It's two competitors just going at each other. That was really it, you know? And there was a lot of patent infringement, a lot of suing back and forth in that way, and, and you know, a lot of litigation. But really, it had nothing to do with Tesla. Tesla was kind of on his own plane, just making his inventions and doing all that. And there's a lot of things that people talk about how he, um, he, he was very had an eidetic memory, you know, in, you know, or a photographic memory. Um, I don't think he really did. Um, they, they have basically said that, you know, a lot of people explain, and a lot of it was O'Neill, who was one of his assistants who wrote it, and her husband, that he never wrote anything down, and he didn't really plan out. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. Well, how is it that um, he ended up with 80 boxes or 80 crates full of notebooks? So he wrote things down. He did stuff like that. He did do a lot in his head. Um, he did do a lot on the, the dirt. A lot of people talk about all of a sudden he'd get an idea and stop and just like use a stick and draw stuff in the dirt. But he kept a pen and a pencil. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, a lot of things to note. Um, he was irresponsible with money, which I, I, I don't think he really, I mean, he died poor. He did hemorrhage money. Part of that, um, he li he lived a lifestyle outside of his means, um, other stuff like that. So he did have some issues with money, and that is another reason why I think Edison is more well known than he is. Edison did propaganda better, and a lot of the people that Tesla upset wrote a lot of the stuff back in the day that ended up becoming his patent law, which is what Tesla pretty much got removed from history. Most of us in school never heard of Tesla. Um, there's a couple other things that, you know, claims that were made. Um, he made many claims way out there that, you know, kind of that he wasn't able to back up, that took away from some of his examples. Um, one of those big ones was with the radio. Um, a lot of people now claim that he invented the radio. Marconi did or is credited with the radio. Um, he did, and it has been proven, he did use some of te 
Tesla's inventions or some of Tesla's um, patents in his technology, but he used them in a way that, that Tesla never did. Um, there's a bunch of that where, you know, that Tesla never actually built a radio, but he built stuff that was able to be used for a radio. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, a lot of those, some strange things, they talk about he had strange visions, and he, he had visions of weird stuff. I think a lot of that came down to the fact that basically he suffered multiple nervous breakdowns. They didn't know what they were then, but they look back now and consider multiple nervous breakdowns. He s worked so hard, he only slept a couple hours a night. He worked, you know, a lot. He was insomniac and had a, an addiction to work, and he never married anything else because he even said that he didn't want to get married because, well, said with the radio that a lot of people think that Tesla deserves that. Um, Tesla did claim that a whopping 17 of his patents were used in an electronic device. Um, they talked about it some more Tony. Eventually most of those that were cleared in court that not all of them were and that Marconi's invention was different than what Tesla had but they did come back and say that you know he did some of the, the, the stuff did infringe on his patents so yeah and there's, there's other arguments on how that happened. A lot of people think Marconi was able to win the legal battle because he had money um, from basically selling the radio in Europe. And he was able to win the legal battle in the U.S. by paying off the patent attorney. So there's a whole bunch of that. So we, we could go deep on all of those for sure, which I would. But there is proof that he did use some of them. But Tesla never really worked on a radio. You know, and like I said, there's evidence that Tesla didn't completely understand how electric bikes worked. Um, he believed that electricity was faster than the speed of light. So, yeah, there's a lot of that that happened. Um, there's the Warren Cliff Tower, which we'll, we'll go into, which we may go back on that after we do more of that. Um, Nobel Prize rumors, that's pretty much, that was debunked. Um, the Nobel Prize Committee had no, ever, never even about having him and Edison share the Nobel Prize. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that keeps, you know, people reporting that. Um, the New York Times reported that because, you know, they're reporting what I was saying. Um, but yeah, the Nobel Prize Committee has come back and said, no, we, we never even, there, there was no way. They, they, they wouldn't have ever withdrawn the radio because they said they refused it. So, because this happened before, so they had given an award and someone declined it. But they still said, hey, you got it. isn't always isn't completely true it is in a sense but not completely um i think part of that came to he a lot of things if you really looked into tesla one of his biggest problems is and, and i mean i know other people like this um there's someone i used to do the radio sh a, a radio show with who we won't mention names but um but uh who i love to death and i love doing stuff with but had a real problem with great ideas but never seeing them through 
Um, in a lot of ways, that's Tesla. Tesla had a lot of really good ideas, but I call it the squirrel effect, basically. He'd have a really good idea, he'd get it to a point, and then get bored with it and jump to a new idea. He never stuck with one idea for a long enough period of time to really, you know, bring it to fruition. It, it was like the, the AC motors. When he first brought the AC motors, he'd gotten to the point they kind of worked. They worked okay. They worked actually pretty good. And then he handed them off to, to Westinghouse and moved on to something else. Um, and he did that a lot, a lot. Um, so that's why you find, and that's one of the reasons, too, why you end up hearing about all these things that he promised and all these things that he did that the hard part was he never finished them. He, he got them to a certain point and then got bored. He became very good too at basically giving a show. He was a great showman. Um, he was very popular when he would do these shows. He, he would demonstrate things and in a way that would just get people going. And if you've ever seen the Tesla coil where he's snapping on his fist and he's like, watch what I'm going to do to the crowd. He got really good. He figured out how to make lights um, with two plates. Oh, got some marks on there. Two plates across the, the stage and have lights that he would hold in his hand that would suddenly light up like a lightsaber. I mean, when you hear the events, the, the, the people talking about these amazing things that he showed, you were like, I want to see this. I want to see this. And it sounds amazing. Um, so, yeah. That, that's one thing that was really cool. I mean, he was great at giving the showman. He was great at talking about things. I think he was great at building his own mythology. Um, but a lot of it was really hard. Some of it was very hard that, you know, he moved on to so many different things that they can't they can't re reneg and change. Um, even his earthquake machine is, you know, held in question. So, you know, one of the biggest claims, you know, a lot of people love the story of the earthquake machines. You know, there are many variations of the story, but they all contain some common elements. Jarring at several points in the house during some kind of resonance device, and he decided to try it on his own building, which caused it and several other buildings below to shake. Master afraid that he might end up leveled by his own invention, Tesla smashed the machine to pieces with a hammer just as the police arrived to find the machine still going. So it's been repeated many times, especially by Tesla himself who claimed that his machine could split the earth like an apple. He said goodbye. He went on to claim that he wasn't done experimenting with his machine, setting out one evening to see if he could use it to destroy a partially finished tower and fling during the panic attack. However, there was no evidence in the news or any record anywhere to verify these alleged stories. Um, since some people remained unconvinced by the lack of evidence, in an episode of Mythbusters, they actually tested Tesla's crazy device, seeing whether it was even a realistic possibility. They found that such a device set to the right frequency could cause powerful vibrations that wouldn't cause any serious damage or anything resembling an earthquake. It's likely something another Tesla is involved with. So that's one of those ones that, you know, who knows? You know, because there's no evidence that this machine actually existed. Besides his story of it, and that's where we run into a lot of problems with Tesla. There's a lot of things that have been said and done and, and claimed that there aren't evidence for or against it now. So it becomes tough to, you know, and that's where a lot of conspiracy theories come out of. When there's no evidence, we put our own in. And on this case, there's evidence that he said it happened, so why wouldn't you believe this? Um, which I honestly, I really, 
really hope that works because I really wish that something like that was here. Um, and, and, and make it, but I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, there are things that we figured out, you know, sound blades can do it. I mean, that's one of the tents was behind, like we talked with Ark. Like maybe that was what this is. This is maybe they do have it. Maybe it's one of those things that we'll talk about here in a minute. The FBI, you know, taking all his works and hiding them away for centuries. And maybe they did. Maybe that device, you know, the reason why nobody's ever heard of it since is because that's the smash that only one that was made that they have, you know, the plans for. The FBI. And maybe they didn't give that club back to them. So. And that's one of the things, you know, that we will talk about, the, the FBI, all that kind of crazy, crazy stuff. Um, there, there's one of my favorites is the, the conspiracy that Tesla got all of his information from aliens. So, you know, one of the art- articles I've got, you know, Mysterious Universe, and, and, and that's just one I grab. I mean, I found this. It's all over the place. Uh, one of the most famous inventors, I think, within history, as well as one of the most misunderstood, most certainly the discovery of the original inventor, electrical engineer, mechanical engineer, and future Nikola Tesla. His contributions to science and technology are immeasurable. Throughout his life, developed a range of electrical and mechanical devices, resulting in his current induction motor and related powerful electrical patents, early X-ray imaging devices, and numerous other inventions concerning medication and miracles. He's well ahead of, ahead of his time and also predicted many of the technological innovations we take for granted today, such as smartphones and wireless communication. And by the time he died in 1943, Tesla was the third of over a thousand people of his first time, which in all reality, if you actually read this, that's not true. That is a lie. He did not have over a thousand patents. He had about 300. Um, that he'd applied for. Is there a possibility that he drew up a lot more than that? Sure. But he was only, you know, granted about 300. Um, that neon lights, uh, he had remote automation systems. Uh, I don't even know what that, or automated, quote, brain not working. Artificial lighting, particle beam energy, which there is thought that there's a possibility that he created one of the first lasers. Um, but once again, and this is the hard part, like I said, there's a lot of things that he would show in these things, uh, the, these presentations that he did that nobody ever saw again. Nobody ever saw the plans for it. That there's no record of where they went. So that's where a lot of these conspiracies that the FBI has these, which maybe they do. Because there is a big thing that they said there was eight, you know, trunks that he carried with his notes and everything else on it. And when his nephew got him, there was only six. So, or sorry, 80 trunks and only 60 that his, his nephew got. Sorry, that's a zero. Um, and then, of course, considering his mystery and mystique, many stories and conspiracies have grabbed their toys from Nikola Tesla, including alleged participation in the Philadelphia pl- experiment. So he, they think a lot of his inventions and a lot of his stuff was part of the Philadelphia experiment, that that was stuff that he came up with. Um, the perpetual motion machine, the creation of a deadly beam weapon called the Death Laser. So a lot of these things are things that you know are attributed possibly in conspiracy to him, plus others. And then among those, um, some of the weirdest captured terrestrial aliens. So there's a lot of people that think that um, he either got help from aliens or he was an alien himself. So the rumors of Tesla and his connections to aliens have gone deep with all sorts of conspiracies stating that he was contacted by aliens and helped them along. 
mean that he was, like I said, Roman himself. So it are some intri intriguing ones that Tesla coined himself. So an article Collier Weekly likes no one. Tesla makes claim that he had listed Enon after Amy Coon's patient at his lab in Colorado Springs in 1999. So this was an era in which both he at a time and eventually McQuillan uh, both were pioneering a push in the radio technology. Like I said, he never pushed that hard though. Um, he did a little bit with radio technology, but there's no proof that he actually designed or invented anything that was uh, radio. The only place that we can find anyone that says that is him. And I think that's part of the problem. There's a few things where he says things in his autobiography and stuff like that that there's no proof of. So, and like I said, I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying there's no other, there's no proof besides his statements and his autobiography. Um, so apparently he was testing out a radio antenna designed to monitor thunderstorms. So he wasn't trying to do radio like McQuillan. He was just monitoring thunderstorms. And then he claimed that he had eavesdropped on communications by other areas of the uh, intelligence. He would say in an article, and this is what he said, Even now at times I can vividly recall the incident and see my apparatus as though it were actually before. My first observation was positively positive, that there was present in there something mysterious, not to say supernatural. And I was alone in my laboratory that night, but at the time the idea of these disturbances being powerful amplified signals did not yet present itself to me. It was sometime afterward when the thought flashed upon my mind that disturbances I had observed might be due to an apparatus antenna. Although I cannot decipher, decipher their meaning, it was impossible for me to think of them as having been entirely accidental. The feeling is constantly growing on me that I have been the first to hear the jam at one time or another. So, and that's one of those things, you know, not saying he did, he's saying he thinks he did. So Tesla was speculated as an early detached from Mars, which at time was the main focus for anything alien related. And he became obsessed with future refining, further refining his technology, but he might further communicate with his instruments. McCoding himself agreed that this was a perfectly legitim legitimate pursuit and pursuit of any radio communication should aliens achieve it coming to Mars. So I stated, I, I encountered during my experiments with wireless telegraphy a most amazing phenomenon. Most striking of all is the receipt by my personally, or by me personally, of signals which I believe originated in space beyond our planet. I believe it's entirely possible these signals may have been sent by the inhabitants of other planets to their habitats to show us. If there are any human beings on Mars, I would not be surprised if they should find a means of communication as rich as ours, or anything of the science that astronomy is that of electricity may bring about a possible This all stirred up quite a bit of excitement at the time, appearing in the media in numerous articles and attracting the attention of the great inventor and longtime partner Tesla turned rival Thomas Edison. Once again, they were never partners. Edison, Tesla worked for Edison. So, and then Edison was fascinated by the idea of pursuing radio technology. He pushed to communicate with aliens on Mars and would himself say, although I am not an expert in wireless telegraphy, I can plainly see that the mysterious wireless interpretation experienced by Mr. Marconi's op operators may be good grounds for the theory that inhabitants of other planets are trying to signal us. Mr. Marconi is quite right in stating that this is entirely within the realm of possible. If we are to accept the theory of Mr. Marconi, that these signals are being sent out by inhabitants of other planets, we must at once accept the, th the theory of their advanced development. Either they are our intellectual equal or our superiors. 
It would be stupid of us to assume that we have the claim on all the intelligence that we want. So quite interesting that you got this great scientist who is talking about Buddhism. But here's the thing. There's no it's an interpretation of what they heard. I mean, how do you know that they just didn't hear background noise? It, it's just the sounds, you know, bouncing off, off the planet. It, it, it's something. Who knows? They didn't say they heard talking. They just said they heard, you know, something that, you know, Tesla thought might be aliens. There's no, we don't know what they really heard. So, the eldest Tesla supposedly actually meant the new intelligence powers and equipment specifically for the purpose of continuing his eavesdropping system on aliens. And he seemed to be pushing for this technology to be used for what he saw as a sort of new frontier for the human race. He would express enthusiasm, optim optimism in this manner as once writing, One day my ear caught what seemed to be regular signals. I knew they could not have been produced upon Earth. Marconi's idea of communicating currents is the greatest and most fascinating problem confronting the human imagination today. To ensure success, I thought each competent scientist should be organized to study all possible currents and put into excitation the rest. The matter should be directed probably by astronomers with sufficient backing from men with money and imagination. Uh, supposing that there are intelligent human beings on Mars, success is easily within the realm of possibility. Most certainly some planets are not inhabited, but others are, and among the these there must exist life under all conditions and forms of development. Personally, I base my faith on the feeble planetary electrical disturbances which I discovered in the summer of 1899 and which, according to my investigations, could not have originated from the Sun, the Moon, or Venus. Further study, science has satisfied me that they must have emanated from Mars. All doubt in this regard will soon be dispelled. I have observed electrical action which has appeared inexplicable. Faint and uncertain though they were, they have given me a deep conviction and foreknowledge that ere long all human beings in this world, as one will turn their eyes to the firmament above and think of love and angels, will be flooded by names. So, that that's interesting. Though, although Tesla found it so much promisingness, he would suddenly give up his experiments, dropping the subject matters, responding to curious theories that he was silenced by those who did not want his thoughts anymore. That ties nicely in the fact that much of his writings and diaries were confiscated by Nick Fury in 2012. So that adds an extra, you know, layer to so, and that, that's one of the big things with this. There's a lot of things like this where you can find articles where supposedly Ed Edison, Tesla, Marconi all made these comments. But no proof that those antennas existed. If he made those antennas and he did all this work, where did the iron sulfur go? What happened to the antennas? Where did he end them up? Where was it? Because basically what they're saying here, from everything I can read, this is before the tower. Because the tower seemed like it would be the, the perfect place. And, you know, if you're, if you're going to, you know, warning for it, it would have been the, the best place for Louisville. But, you know, it sounds like this was before Watergate. So there's a lot of weird things with Tesla. There's a lot of weird conspiracies. You know, and that's kind of the fun with him. And kind of the fun why I love re bringing this up as well is there were all these conspiracies around him, you know, that he was he was talking to aliens, or was he just hearing background noise? What was it? You know, because 
back then a lot of things. If something weird happened, it's aliens. But it wasn't me. Um, yeah. But there, there's a lot of weird, weird things like that. Um, so there's a bunch of other things where he was trying to figure out how to transmit weather or electricity without wires at all. So in 1909, he uh, invested in a tower off Long Island Sound. The first test took place on June 15, 1903, and this is Warren Cook. Uh, he tried to find a way to wirelessly transmit electricity. The project failed, but out of mystery with a hayrake, he found a perfect transmitting vessel. And on June 30, 1908, an explosion of fossil power was heard over the Siberian Pal- Pagan Reef. Pagan near the Katamania Tavaska River. So since then, there have been more than 100 versions of what it was. Among them, there is one associated with the name of a Siberian engineer. It appeared, however, only at the end of the 20th century, but this only confirms that the name Huber was in reference to an alien. Um, the version says that on the day of the fall of the Tavaska meteorite, Nikola Tesla conducted another experiment in the transmission of ec- electricity through the air. It was he who sent a powerful thunder of energy from Long Island, where his power stored, into the Siberian regions. In this regard, they refer to some records preserved in the Journal of the Library of the U.S. Congress that Tesla came there several months before the explosion and asked for maps of the least populated parts of Siberia. In addition, he stated that he would be able to illuminate the road to the North Pole for the expedition of the traveler Robert Peary, though this is unnecessary in summer since there is already a polar void in North Greenland. So supposedly he was the one that, you know, it wasn't a meteor, it was Tesla sitting balls in the air in a Siberian region. Um, someone should do that now. Uh, I know that Earth is Siberian, and that would be hilarious. So, conspiracy theorists attribute many fantastic inventions to Tesla. The most famous of them is the mythical dog whistle. So, we've talked about that a little bit in Heart. So, in a period between the two world wars, rumors arose in different countries that scientists had developed a super weapon capable of incinerating enemy personnel and equipment at a distance without firing a single shot. Rumor connected this legend with the name of Nikola Tesla, and he only added fuel to the fire. One interviewed with Inventor Reason, whether you send troops to attack, where do you stand for it? Whether you send tanks into the battle, or an army of a million, the aircraft will be immediately shot down and the army destroyed. There is no information about the tests of Nikola Tesla. Biographers do not exclude that Tesla invented the legend about super weapons specifically to show the senselessness of war. They say why send millions of people to where they will all be destroyed. It's worth saying that in the 1930s of the 20th century, Nikola Tesla was a kind of celebrity. He arranged for open demonstrations of experiments in the newspapers and magazines he wrote about it, and the public listened with some disappointment. Nikola knew how to captivate the audience, and one time he confessed, confessed to reporters that the ultimate goal of his principle of propaganda and propagation of electromagnetic waves was the ability to attract attention to their emotions. At the end of the 19th century, everyone was discussing what the astronomer Percival Lowell saw mysterious panels on the surface of the moon. Journalists vied with each other that Mars was inhabited. Hudson D. Wells published his famous novel, The War of the Worlds. Some of the scientists suggested sending a signal to Mars from New York, and Nikola Tesla decided to play along with the public. He said, if there are intelligent beings on Mars or another planet, I think we can get their attention. Um, 
years later, having left his ordered electrical impulses in his laboratory, he decided that his tentative decided that these were nothing more than resistance generating resistors. So, like I said, that's one of those things. He got those messages, but they weren't talking. They weren't anything. It was just noises. So, who knows what they really were? They could have been background noises. We all heard on the radio. It could have been just been white noise. Um, he could have just been hearing, you know, people speaking some other language, you know, that he just didn't understand the sound of very well. Who knows? So Tesla's name was also associated with rumors about the mystical Philadelphia experiment, like I said, which allegedly took place on October 1943, during the legend the American destroyer Eldridge opened the port of Philadelphia, subject to electromagnetic effects, after which it disappeared and materialized in Norfolk, 300 kilometers from from Philadelphia. Then the ship returned, but halfway through, I don't know why. Then paranormal stories here that the experiment was carried out with the brilliant Serbian engineer Kurtis Pajic, who developed the miracle generator that made the destroyer teleport. It seems they do not take have take into consideration the initial effect was already dead by the time the ship went offline. Which is one of those things this article really talks about. But here's the thing. Who's to say he didn't build the generator before he died? It happens. People build things, then they die. And then the, the, the experiment was already in the works. He died before it was finished, and they just went on without him. Maybe that's why everything went, went wonky. He hadn't completely finished it. Someone decided to finish it for him, and they just didn't know how to do it right. So, so who knows? Um, and it is a fact, once again, that the government can't be classified as a conspiracy theory. Not all of the stories. A good port, like a lot of the stories. So there, there, there's that. One of the other things is, is there's been a lot of questions about um, whether or not uh, the ex-president, President Donald Trump, um, whether he knew about some of this stuff with, with Tesla, considering um, it was his uncle, John G. Trump, who was a professor of electrical engineering at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, or better known as the MIT, from 1936 until his retirement in 1973, it was well known that declassified documents confirmed that in January 1943, Professor Trump was called upon by the FBI to evaluate the personal papers of Nikola Tesla, just over a week after his death. What is not well known is that there's also a leaked classified document that also connects Professor Trump to another famous event in history, the crash of the famous Sunflower Reactor. According to a memorial tribute published by the National Academy of Engineering, John Trump joined MIT to work with Professor Robert J. Vonnegroff, who was a pioneer in the new field of super high voltage generation and amplification. After getting a doctorate in the Vonnegroff in 1933, Trump went on to become an assistant professor in 1936 and a full professor in 1942. According to Memorial Tribute, John Trump had two main interests the installation of super high voltages and vacuum compressed gases and the biological applications of high voltage radiation. During World War II, Trump worked on microwave radar at MIT's radiation lab, where he served as field services director and also first as a British chemist in the radiation lab, where he worked directly with General Dwight Eisenhower. In 1944, he was named director of the lab and given the responsibility of working directly with Eisenhower Military Command. At the liberation of Paris, Trump rode into the city with General Eisenhower and immediately began to set up the Paris Military Radiation Lab. Trump's expertise with high voltages of radiation was widely acknowledged by U.S. authorities, and he was also was very familiar with the requirements for working close by government programs. In 1943, 
he played a major role in the examination of the Jetson Constitution papers that were acquired by the FBI Office of Intellectual Property to study. Soon after Captain Samuel's death, an FBI document including, included Trump's among the scientific researchers and signatures of his papers. The abstract of Dr. Nicola Tesla's writings became as exhibits for the alien capital custodian. On January 26th and 27th, 1943, an examination was made of the technical papers of Dr. Nikola Tesla, which, after his decease, have been stored in the Manhattan Warehouse in New York City. This examination was made for the purpose of determining if any ideas of significant value in the present United States war effort could be found among his possessions. Participating in this examination were Dr. John C. Newington, New York Office of the Alien Capital Custodians, Richard Charles J. Hunbacker Whatever, Washington Office of the Office of the Alien Capital Custodian, Dr. John A. Trump, Office of Scientific Research and Development, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Cambridge, Massachusetts, James Willis George, Office of Naval Intelligence, Third Naval District, Edward Palmer, Chief Yeoman, USNR, John A. Corbett, Chief Naval USSR, US Air Force. So, Tesla was the author of over 200 patents around worldwide. Like I said, it's one of those things. A lot of the stuff you'll read says thousands. Others say two over 200. Most of the stuff I found said it's about somewhere between 300 and 400. So he was granted, like I said, over 200 patents scattered worldwide. And there are numerous claims about building jet-filled international static wars for energy that could protect the among Tesla's inventions was a revolutionary disc-shaped aircraft, a flying saucer, which he allegedly filed a patent application for in the early 1900s, but was not granted on national security grounds. Apparently, Tesla planned for his flying saucer to be remotely powered by an old wireless system, which he first discussed in a March 4, 1904 paper titled The Transmission of Electrical Energy with Our Minds. Tesla wrote, not only was it practical practicable to send telegraphic messages to any distance without wires, as I recognized long ago, but also to impress upon the entire globe the faint modulations of the human voice. Far more still to transmit power in unlimited amounts to any terrestrial distance and almost without loss. Tesla went on to describe how his wireless world wireless system would be powered by devices similar to his legendary Gordon Gate Power, which be eventually capable of generating huge electrostatic charges that surpassed that found in lightning bolts. And Tesla said, it is difficult to form an adequate idea of the marvelous power of this unique appliance by the aid of which the globe will be transformed. Our electromagnetic radiation is being reduced to an insignificant quantity in proper conditions of revolutionary power. The circuit acts like an immense pendulum, stirring indefinitely the energy of eternally ex exciting impulses and impressions upon the earth and its conducting atmosphere uniform harmonic oscillations of intensities which as actual tests have shown may be pushed as far as to surpass those attained when the natural disturbance is electricity so which is a lot of words there so tesla pro tesla's proposal of building a world wireless system that could power any remote device including his proposed flying saucer was certainly revolutionary what is critical here is that he proposed a building devices capable of generating huge electrostatic charges which is precise copy Professor Trump had specialized in at MIT with his Edward von der Graff generator. So Tesla really designed a flying saucer that would be powered by an Edward von der Graff generator. A New York inventor, Otis Clark, claims that he befriended Tesla in 1937. When Tesla was living at the Marriott Hotel and was, in was instructed by Tesla on how to build a flying saucer for the Jetsons, 
Germany. Over a decade later, Carr succeeded in getting a patent for his revolutionary flying saucer class, which he called an amusement park device and was later approved by U.S. private companies. After raising private, private funding to build his ATC at South Park, he successfully tested his flying saucer in 1968. Joining one of Carr's former employees, Bob Orman, the saucer incorporated high-voltage instruments both propulsion and magnification systems. Unfortunately, also for how Carr's manufacturing facility was raided and closed down by federal agents on bogus charges of securities fraud. The grain in Carr are to be, to be relieved. A civilian spacecraft based on Nikola Tesla's ideas and invention was successfully built and tested in 1969. Though any of Tesla's ideas on building the flying saucer fell foul of inappropriate personal papers after his death, an article in the New Yorker described Trump's role in evaluating Tesla's patent. Trump was involved in radar research for the Allies in the Second World War in 1943. The FBI had enough faith in his technical ability and his discretion to call him in when Nikola Tesla died in his room at the New Yorker Hotel, raising the question of whether many agents might have had a chance to learn some of the secrets before the body was found. One fear was that Tesla was working on his deathbed. As Margaret Cheney and Robert Uther recount when Tesla met Jack Lightman. Professor Trump examined Tesla's papers and equipment and later told for the FBI so there was nothing in national security secrets against his father or family members. As a result of this examination, it is my considered opinion that there exists among Dr. Tesla's papers and possesses no scientific marks, descriptions of hitherto un revealed methods or devices or actual apparatus which could be of significant value to this country or would constitute a hazard in international hands. I can therefore see no technical or military reason why further tests of this project should be begun. Professor Trump went on to give his conclusion about the importance of Tesla's work over the prior 15 years. It should be no discredit to this distinguished engineering scientist whose solid contributions to the electrical art were made at the beginning of the present century to report that his thoughts and efforts during at least the past 15 years were primarily of a speculative, philosophical, and somewhat promotional character, often concerned with the production and wireless transmission of power, but not, did not include new, sound, workable principles or methods for realizing such results. When Trump did not appear to be impressed with Tesla's background and what had been found in his latter's papers, he turned his attention to war applications. big interesting things with this um, Trump said all this stuff that it didn't seem like was that big of a deal um, that everything Trump saw oh no it was nothing big nothing important nothing but that's the thing that you gotta wonder is that true or is that just what the, the, they put out there is that what they made us think is that what they you know the the public image of it, the public version of it. Oh, there was nothing important about that. Um, so who knows? That there, there might have been more. There, there might have been something there that was important. That wasn't a whole lot, you know, that, that, that was there, but they just didn't let us know. And that's one of those things you got to look at. You really look into it. You look at all this stuff, and it turns into the, the mystery of like missing papers. Um, what really happened? 
talk for a minute, but oh wow, there's, there's nothing to it. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that you know that that uh, an article from history, uh, a history book. The scientist named Adali Lindsay of Butler is John G. Trump was the uncle of the closest to U.S. President John J. Trump, the younger brother of Trump's father, Fred, who helped design X-ray machines that greatly helped Trump's case and solidified NATO research for allies in the Middle East war. Donald Trump himself cited his uncle's credentials often during the presidential campaign when he finished a column about nuclear before nuclear was nuclear, he once commented. So he had a lot of credentials. So anything that he would say, you know, would people would believe it. So after time, the FBI pointed Dr. Trump's report as evidence of Texas elected Dr. Butterfield's weapons didn't exist outside of rumors and speculation. But in fact, the U.S. government itself was split in its response to Texas technology. Mark Seifer, author of the biography Rigid, The Life and Times of Nikola Tesla, says a group of military personnel at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, including Brigadier General L.C. Craggy, had a very different opinion of Tesla's ideas. Craggy was the first person to ever fly a jet from America, so he was like the John Graham of the day, Seifer said. He said, there's something to this. The particle beam weapon is real. So you have two different groups, one group dismissing Tesla's ideas, and another group saying, no, he didn't say anything wrong. So, and that's one of the big things that they threat, they have. You know, then there's the nagging question of the missing files. When Tesla died, his estate was devoted as nothing. Sadly, Kasanova, who at the time was the Yugoslav ambassador to the U.S., lost his familiar connection with Sibia's most celebrated lover. According to recently declassified documents, some in the FBI have feared, feared Kasanova was trying to wrest control of Tesla's technology in order to make such information available to the enemy, and even considered arresting him to prevent it. In 1952, actually, a U.S. court declared Kasanova the rightful heir to the Empress of Kuzakov estate, Tesla's files, and other materials were sent to Belgrade, Serbia, where they now reside in the Nikola Tesla Museum. But while the FBI originally recorded some 80 tracks among Tesla's effects, only 60 arrived in Belgium, like I said earlier. Seifer says maybe they packed the 80 in the 60, but uh, there is the possibility that the government did keep these files. So that's kind of some of those the, the rumors and conspiracies. Like I said, I kind of went really deep in those facts right now, but uh, that plays the, I mean, like the scary part. There's a lot of people that actually believe that you know, the the FBI had a a team that lived across the hall from Tesla, that they knew he was dead pretty quickly, and that they went in and grabbed everything of importance before anybody else could get in there. You know, there's a lot of that in there. You know, it's one of those things where they talk about, oh, you know, he died in '43. John G. Trump said, you know, within a couple weeks of that, that there was no nothing of value in those those trunks and everything else but yet it took until 1952 before they released them to his family so why if there was nothing of importance in them in 1943 did it take so long wow things to think about things why these conspiracies keep coming up or the things that keep coming up with this Tesla is fascinating. So don't take what I said earlier about the fact that I don't think he knew as much about electricity as a lot of people think. I think he was a beautiful engineering mind that just, he 
came up with ideas and he could make things work. But he didn't necessarily believe in the, the, the scientist, science behind all of it. He said, you're going to have like a big tank of gas or a tank of you know, motors, tank of batteries, make it work for us. He was a genius who gave us so much and there was so little thought about. But a lot of that, like I said, comes down to the fact that the person who's, you know, most, most textbooks of, you know, our day were based off books written by a guy in the early 1900s who didn't like Tesla, who was a friend of Edison's, who said he took more about Edison than him. But if you go down the rabbit hole on both of them, Edison, Tesla, go into this, they're like, hmm. This time is fascinating, and I know you know me and Big D were on two different ways of doing it, but Big D loved the whole the conspiracy of today. I love the conspiracy of like yesterday. You know, I love history. I love looking at things. You know, and I know Big D does too. But anyway, I think that's why it's so much fun on these episodes. I'm going on and I'm talking about Tesla, and he's going on over here talking about his day. Give you guys a mix. You know, occasionally we talk about today and how you know why we can't trust our government. Well, it goes back to this. You know, if we trusted our government, we would never question their ability of action. You think, oh, you know, because they have said, oh, we just we just need patriotism and they and they quit in the sixties. We would wouldn't question that one bit. We know, we understand our government. We know how they work. We know the things they've done to us in the past. And then people are like, Oh, our government would never do that. Well, guess they have. D, they have that death penalty. E, they have that flying saucer and the way to use it. All these flying saucers that we've seen, they're used since then. Are they based off Tesla's notes? Are some of the things that we even have nowadays based off Tesla's notes? 5G is rumored to be based off Tesla's idea of free energy was turned into data. the way 5G is supposed to work is it locked away some of his, his plans on other things with 5G on free energy being able to go out and get energy and both be the same his ideas were brilliant and I think there are so many things that I honestly believe that our government does Before I go, and like I said, you know, I'm not going to beat up on the government or any of that. Um, the last thing I'm going to lead you to is a lasting, declassified FBI document that that I haven't been able to find, but I keep hearing a lot about. Um, so this is a, is a definitely a, a fact that. from DNET. It is what Tucker just said. So a declassified FBI document called Interplanetary Session Musings was written on June 4th, 1957 and concern, contains some unbelievable claims that Tesla was originally from the planet Venus. I read in part that space people have visited the Tesla engineers many times and have told them that Tesla was a Venus, Venusian. Doctors claimed as a baby in 1956 and left with Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Tesla, the remote mountain province in what is now the U.S. 
Stanley. Additionally, a woman named Margaret Stanley, who was writing a book by Bessel Wright, was given information through a device that the scientist created in 1938 in order to conduct interplanetary communications, alleging even a close contact with the space station of Sylvester Fox. The theory that Nikola Tesla originally came from Venus and was brought to Earth as a baby is certainly far-fetched, even though many people do believe that there are aliens living here on Earth. What's even stranger, what's even stranger is that the FBI has uh, had information on Nikola Tesla, which ultimately raises even more questions, such as why would the space people on Venus try to take down someone like Hugo Fox? And perhaps an even better question is, why do I actually have this paper that I keep back here? There is actually an entire 65-page declassified FBI documents saying that Nikola Tesla was someone that was brought in. Look it up if you want. It's quite interesting. So, um, I'm pretty sure I can look that up and obviously you know, it's dubious to do anyway. But, once again, thank you for listening. Um, I'm going to leave you with that. Really look at some of this stuff. The conspiracies, that life at Tesla was amazing and, and thank you for going along with me adventure that was supposed to be you know an hour long thing that's now i think two and a half um between the last episode and this one but tesla is fascinating even if you take a lot of the stuff that you know we believe about him and throw it out the window and look at the stuff that we didn't even know the stuff we never heard the flying saucers the death ray we'd heard about you know you know we found out that pretty much as i as i was researching like i said that extra two weeks really helped where i figured out that I mean, really, the, the world of humans was Westinghouse and Edison, which those two are another fascinating two to think about, um, the, the stuff with Edison and Westinghouse. Um, so, yeah, enjoy. Go down the rabbit hole. Look into this stuff. It's quite fascinating. I hope you enjoyed your time. I hope you like what we do here. You can always email us at downtherh at protonmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore B underscore 666. Send me a message. Send me an ambiguous email. Um, you can find us on the, the Fringe Radio Network as well. Check them out. They have some great stuff. Um, a lot of it along the same lines as we are. Um, get out there. Enjoy. Research. Don't believe what the, the don't believe what the government's telling you. Don't believe anything. Go research it. You know, look it up. Find it. Look at both sides. Try and find information from everywhere. You know, that's one thing I really found with this Tesla stuff is I just can't look at Tesla on the biographies and everything else. It was very biased towards him. But once I looked at some of the other stuff and could piece together really what happened, I found, honestly, I'm more impressed with him than I was before. I'm more impressed with the truth than I was with the, the, the conspiracy. Um, that he really didn't care about the world of things. He just wanted to invent so get out there and research. Look at it. Look at some of this stuff. Look at, you know, the fact that, you know, our government, they, they have 20 boxes of Tesla stuff that they still don't want to let go public because of what's on there. But why? Get out there and research for yourself. I want to see what the world is like. All right. Thank you all. Enjoy um, this weekend. Sunday, you got me and Big B back again. So I hope you enjoy.
enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, like I said, send us an email, send me a message. Uh, thank you all, and.